swords with candle art to spark souls and charge tolls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elder scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue keeps the exit gamer news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod, where we put up gameplay videos from every now and then. Check it out. You can go to your podcast provider, look for control issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, do what you gotta do. And also head on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. Let us know you're out there. AMC, what's going on? Oh, everything's going great, A-Dub, even if the world is on fire. Um, at least in my little bubble, everything is awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't complain right now. Uh, I mean, really, there's only one thing going on in my life, and that's what I can't wait to get to, but um, anything personally going great for you right now, Ada? Uh, well, art workshop's over. You guys know that. Now I can get back to reading, drawing on my own time, working from home, keeping my weight under control, you know, cut the beard off. Yes. <laughs> it was time. It was getting annoying. I didn't want to, yeah. like, I didn't want to, like, comb my face for the same length of time that I was combing my head, so... Yeah. You know, just cut out a little prep time there. Starting to look like myself again. It's been several months since I've seen what I've looked like in my my normal maintained state. So that was it was refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> uh any word with when you when you might end up back in an office? Well, I mean, before everything went downhill again, we we had tentative plans to start thinking about August, but that I don't think we're going back to work this year <laughs> because it's like you know we we work in the industry, so it's it really all depends on all the other companies, and I think like CAA is not going back until twenty twenty one. So usually once like the talent agencies kind of set what they're going to do, then all the other industries that work with them or the, all the other companies that work with them tend to follow. So I don't think we're going back before the year is over. Yeah. What about yourself? Yeah. We were looking, um, I remember like at one point they were saying July and then obviously that did not happen. Yeah. <laughs> and As, it, here we are <laughs> most of the way through it. And then uh, there are talks about September, but that's very unlikely. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think it's going to come down to how crazy things are as fall hits. I mean, with, like, schools, I think it was, like, California, at least, they were saying that, as of right now, they don't really plan to open schools, at least most schools. They better um, not trying so, to sacrifice them kids. 
Yeah, exactly. And then anybody connected to them. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and subsequently themselves once the kids come home. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a, it's all up in the air right now. But um, whatever. That none of that matters anymore, Adel, because we finally got what we needed. You know, I can. I'm a little bit closer to like dying a happy man. <laughs> yes, much a strong step. Yeah, um, the things that I needed to see. Uh, happen in my lifetime this is this is a huge stroke off of that list a huge check mark if you will um so adub i haven't said this in a while and i am more than happy to say this what have we been playing oh yes because we're both in it neck deep (laughs) getting getting it in oh we have finally at long last been playing ghost of sushima Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, waited a long time. You know, unfortunately, I had to wait a little longer than most people because Best Buy was slipping. However, given the circumstances going on in the world today, I fully understand. Uh, I ordered the collector's edition and they just had a little lag with their deliveries. So couldn't get it on Friday, had to wait until the following day to get it. But once I got it, oh my God. AMC, what was your feeling when you first booted up Ghost of Tsushima uh, and just got control for the first time? Uh, all right. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. I mean, there's one, there's a, a history with this uh, genre, which is like, I guess, feudal Japan, but more like samurai specifically. Like just going back, I mean, A-Dub and I, we've discussed like all, everything, um, really samurai shampoo is like, what like probably was like the first thing we may have connected on when it came to like that samurai culture. Oh, absolutely. Sharp as the edge of a samurai sword, the mental blade cut through flesh, flesh and bone. bone. <laughs> my world out of peace. My mind. World out of order. World out of order. <laughs> nice <Yeah>. get colder. <laughs> oh man. The battle cry of a hawk, make a dove fly and a tear and a tear dry. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so good so good yeah um new jobbies rest in peace yes um and then just from there uh read uh the manga uh vagabond then that led to me reading uh musashi the um the novel and okay. uh yeah which was the absolute shit book of five rings obviously mm-hmm. i mean there's just so much that like um has gone into just like a natural love of everything that is samurai culture um to the point I remember like bringing it up in like classes before and people being like, Oh, Pearl Harbor, man. It's like, all right, well it's now 2000. <laughs> like, like we can, we can love samurais. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, I, Oh, were people really on some like never again Pearl Harbor shit? I, I just remember like something, like I said, like I had, it was in college and I spoke with, um, with love towards like, something having to do with samurais and a guy just yelled out but pearl harbor and i was like fuck off <laughs> um oh yeah that one year <laughs> yeah <laughs> when they kind of lost it <laughs> yeah and so yeah so now we can never say anything good about japan or germany ever again exactly um yeah so anyways uh yeah so there's just it's been a long time coming we've always talked about how we want our samurai game um we've gotten close with like good good at least we've gotten sword fighting so it's like a taste like when you're playing like a soul series um and then even like there's some good ninja games and it's like you're kind of in the ballpark but not quite there 
then you get like neo and it's like well i mean but there's like demons and shit uh Sekiro, I didn't play, unfortunately, but I didn't Ooh, play. You play I that. did. Oh, God, um, I played. That game was phenomenal. Yeah, and so, like... And, you know, I, it, still, it still had that ninja edge, which kind of took away from the things it did right in the direction toward the kind of game that we've been looking for all this time. But what it did that no other game had done at the time was it got that sword fighting correct. Like, yeah. Uh, Sekiro, what came out last year, February... And it was just a big deal because it was that it was that blow for blow back and forth between an enemy that that creating distance, that posturing. It, it was just with the blade, that stand up game that you normally don't get with other games such as like the Ninja Guidance of the world and things like that. It's a lot of like running on the wall and flipping and jumping and throwing a hundred ninja stars and pulling out your nunchucks. It's ninja. It's ninja shit. (laughs) It's not saying like super ninja shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like you got supernatural powers and stuff for the longest time. All we wanted out of a game was, yo, give me a sword against other dudes with swords. Let us stand toe to toe, moving back and forth, posturing, Clashing the swords, looking for openings, cutting each other down. But even then, it's like, I want that, but I also want it in an open world setting, which is like, yes. like they had samurais in For Honor. So like, it's like, we've had the sword fighting. It's just, give me the setting now, and then the marriage will be perfect. Give me that and, world, that fantasy. Yeah, and so within five minutes of just booting it up and playing just that opening section... I, like, I think I text you like, it's already everything I wanted it to be. And yeah. that was like literally <laughs> barely even scratching the surface. Like maybe like just blowing a little dust off of the surface. Um, and just as the game continued to evolve, I've put a couple hours in now at this point. Um, it's more than what I wanted it to be and everything at the same time, which is exactly in the place where you want a game to be that like is highly anticipated as Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, now, serious now, question. Yeah, what you, what you got? How did you do on the bridge? The bridge. Which bridge? The first bridge. Uh, I'm trying to remember what happened. Oh wait, the the the, the fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was one of those situations where I'm assuming you're not going to win, right? I don't know. That's yeah, what I, that's what I, I lost. Yeah, I lost. Like, I had a pretty decent fight, but I didn't even really understand, like, the, the controls or anything at that point. And so I, I lost, like, I, I got, like, a, like, I swung. I didn't connect at all. I don't think you can connect, I'm assuming. And then I even got... Oh, no, I got some swipes in. Yeah. And then I got, like, in a sword clash with him where, like, we're, like, did that thing where we push up against each other, did yes. all that stuff. But, yeah, um, I eventually lost the fight and everything plays out the way it does and yeah i assume that that's one of those things that um when people talk about like oh like like they create the illusion of choice i felt like that was nadine all over here that was like one of those situations where i was like oh yeah that was supposed to play out the way it does which is perfectly fine marissa actually was watching she was like wait so you lost and i was like yeah so she's like why isn't it restarting and i was like i guess it was supposed to play out i was supposed to lose (laughs) yeah so yeah, um, that fight didn't. I wasn't supposed to win. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, hey, hopping back to you, Adeb. How did it feel the first time you touched it? When, I mean, just the moment when it's like 
Sony Computer Entertainment of America, that thing splashes up and the music starts. I'm like, it's happening right now. Uh, yeah, I just had that sudden rush. And then, you know, you do you do the options, you pick your difficulty, you set everything up. And then it's like, you set it up, it's got those flags going. And then once you pick that last thing, and then the camera immediately starts panning down. It's like, oh, it, it's one of these experiences. <laughs> so, You're controlling yeah. the horse. <laughs> controlling the horse, getting my swipes in, doing it. I mean, I think it could have been a little more informative at the outset about what the basic controls were. But at the same token, I feel like they need you to really really lose kind of quickly on the bridge. But yeah, man. Once well, I, I, think it, I think, too, it's, yeah, it's part of that... Um, how like the the development because it's not assumed that like right when you start the game you're just this masterful swordsman yeah and so yeah like they they kind of want you to go in a little a little green if you will <laughs> yeah but the moment it like really there are two places where it really sank in for me because first was the initial wow factor of yeah i'm finally playing this game now it looks outstanding this is great. The first moment was when I was in that fight on the bridge and it's like, oh, okay, they're just going to throw me in the deep end. So, you know, sparring, gradually getting the combat and the timing, actually putting up a fight against, what what is it, Kulan? Kulan Khan? <laughs> Whatever his name is. Yeah, I don't even, one of the cons. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was actually giving him a fight and was like, this is amazing. And then, you know, what happens, happens. And then the second time was right when you're riding the horse out of the forest and then it stops on that hill and it hits you with the, with the Ghost of Tsushima title. It was just like, yep, this is the game I've been waiting for. Yeah, right when you leave the uh, prologue. <laughs> oh, with that broken armor, you got, 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 your, got your name, your horse, choose your horse. <laughs> yeah, what'd you, what did you go with? I went with the dappled horse, and I named him Kage. Yeah, I went with the the gray horse and named him Kage. <laughs> so we did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like I was like sitting there, and I was just like, well, I I let Marissa pick the uh, the color of the horse, and she liked the gray one, so I was like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, and then Kage because one, he already looked like a shadow, but yep. then it was kind of, I felt like it was that throwback to. Uh, Final Fantasy VI, the homie Shadow. So I was ah. like, you know what? I'm going to go with Shadow to like, you know, for that reference, that inside. <laughs> I just want to kind of remind me of Naruto. Yeah, I, you could pull anything. Kage is uh, definitely a common word. <laughs> yeah. It's, but um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then so as you're playing more into it, like, so uh, here, let me just say something. This game, and now I haven't played like the Horizon Zero Dawns and whatnot, but I'll say this game has masterfully made use of the uh, touchpad. I felt like the touchpad oh, is absolutely always, yeah. The touchpad has always kind of been there, but this game with the different directions you could flick it, them all being meaningful, um, and just the use of it, it feels like its own button in itself. And having multiple uses, um, I really think like. This, they really put a lot of thought and effort into how we could get a lot of action out of the character and a lot of agency to the the player. Yeah, it's very it's very fluid, very quick, very organic. I was act, I was getting upset for a second because I remember there was an article where 
one of the guys working on the game said something like, yeah, we even have it where there's an animation where you flip the blood off the sword and clean it before you sheath it. There's even a button for it. And I was, I was going along playing the game. I'm like, where's this, where's this button he's talking about? I was like, they lied to me. <laughs> there's no <laughs> button. And then eventually, I don't know what happened. I think um, because I'm also used, used to most games using the touchpad as basically the options button instead of the options button. Uh So I kept pressing that, which would put me in listen mode and I press it again to get out. But sometimes like my thumb would lightly hover over it. And I just saw this little icon. I was like, what's that? So I do some swipes and next thing you know, it's like, Oh, there's the sword thing. And there you can bow and then I forget what the other play, two play, are. Play the flute. <laughs> play the flute. And then uh, that top one is the uh, the gust of wind. And the gust of wind, which is huge. But yeah, it's every now and then when you have a song in your heart, you just break out your flute <laughs> <laughs> and start going to town. It's so good. Like, <laughs> I don't have the flute yet. I haven't messed around with that. I've heard some interesting things about what it does in the game. So I'm looking forward to it. But just everything that I've been, like everything on every level, it's, there's not one thing I found on the game where it's like, ah, that's just regular whole hum game stuff. Even with their like resource and item placement where it could have just been some normal thing. You know how certain games, they'll just put stuff on the floor or they'll put stuff in a drawer. Like this one has got stuff on the shelves, stuff on the floor, stuff outside, but they're, they like hide things underneath the houses. They hide things in the attics. They hide stuff on the rooftops. There's things on the cliff sides. There's, if you, if you bother to explore, you're going to find something of some value to, to your adventures. And I really enjoy that about the game. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, they they set it in a real setting and based off of real events. Obviously, not the ghost and all that shit. But yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, like it's a, the Mongols really did invade and all that stuff. And I, what I, what I'm enjoying is, and not to you know connect these, but I'm enjoying the whole historical aspect of the game. Like as you're finding different Mongol artifacts, like you're learning about like the different items that the Mongols rolled with. Um, I, I, you're I, learning I, how they lived. Yeah, I'm enjoying that historical perspective and that they're leaning into it. And it's not just, they're not just a backdrop of a villain. Like they're, they're, they're their own culture and you're learning about that as well as like Japanese culture on top of that, at least feudal Japanese culture. Yeah, you're learning how like intelligent and crafty and dedicated they are to what it is they're doing. Like they just don't show up on the shores waging barbaric war. Like they, they've studied the people of the island they understand the history the beliefs they're they're trying to do things not just with military might but also on a psychological level where they they convince the people of the island to to sympathize to turn with their side yeah yeah. (laughs) um yeah uh another thing that this game did really well um i think about other games that i played before especially I mean, like uh, Fallout or whatever. Like, I get my, I get my outfit, and that's my outfit. And I might get an upgrade here or there with a different look, but I'm kind of rolling with my look, other than maybe putting on the uh, the battle suit every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> this game does really well. Is at least as of right now, I only have two different outfits, but they have they serve their own purpose. And I'm actually like playing it in a way where I'm utilizing both. So I have the the traveler outfit, which um, well 
every now and then your controller will vibrate if there is an artifact near you. So uh, it helps when you're searching an encampment to like find certain things. And then when I'm in battle, I have my samurai outfit. So I actually switch between my two outfits. When I'm exploring, I have my traveler outfit. And then when it's time to do battle, I put on my samurai shit, put on the Very mask. Nice. Very nice. Oh, you put your mask on too. Uh. I put my mask, my helmet, and my armor on, and I go in there as the demon. <laughs> yes. So I, I love that because that they because they're um they're very uh different in the way that they can be utilized it does um make each outfit i'm assuming important and not just a matter of um aesthetics as far as like this is how i just want to look the entire game you can do that but um you would be missing out on the benefits of the different outfits which is really cool Absolutely. And like, not only do you get different outfits, but you can also collect flowers in the game, which lets you purchase dyes that allow you to have different colors of that outfit. And then they even go a step further where you have different tiers of upgrades for the outfit that also changes the way they look by adding additional pieces of armor or changing the way that like the the cape is draped over your neck. It'll change your your armor padding and all kinds of things like that. So and you were saying something along the lines of you being able to choose which way you look without losing your your upgrade attribute. So that's more incentive to just be more expressive with the way that you customize your character. I changed my sword and I got that sea dragon sheath. <laughs> Uh, I have like a fire one, something like that. Like this, like it's like a kind of red, red, blackish. It's pretty dope. With the blue handle, I found that one. Yeah, um, following the birds, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. They've they've done so many things well. Like uh, as I said, I this is the first game where I haven't played like the whole um, posture damage and all that shit. Um, so this, this is the first game where I have experienced that. And when I first initially started out, definitely was button mashing. And just like button mashing the dodge and the the attack buttons, and I was like, this isn't feeling right. And then they do they do the effort, they do that thing where they do the flashback, and you actually learn how to play the game. And one uh, the thing that we always talk about when we talk about animes, especially like samurai stuff, is it's all about philosophy. Um, and they work that in very well into this game where it plays into the theme of the character, which is really cool with, uh, with the, uh, I guess the conflict of the main character, uh, when it comes to like the different fighting styles where it's like, he's a samurai and he's learned all about his code of honor, but then he's like learning that you quickly learn that the Mongols play by their own rules. And so mm. you have to adapt your style of play to the, the way that they handle things. And I'm enjoying seeing that inner conflict because it shows up in the way that I play the game between the hero that I want to, I want to be versus the hero that they, they need me to be. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. And so like at times I'm like, I'm an assassin. I assassinated a dude and I enjoyed it. I think it was like one of the first times I assassinated a guy, like even did like a flashback to like, like his uncle being like, you look him in the eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, that, like, I enjoyed that, that little inner conflict does show up and it's not just a blip in the, the opening of the game. It's something that plays out through the game as you're playing through it um, and building your legend. Um, I also like that yeah. aspect of the game as you're completing missions and amassing experience points. 
Yes. Um, and your, title, your title changes, your fame grows. Yeah, um, that's something that, I mean, and that's something that Sucker Punch did really well in Infamous. Uh, as simple as it was, or at least the earlier onset of it was, if you're bad, the people, they might throw rocks at you. <laughs> if you're good, the people will help you out as you fight against, uh, I guess, the, the whatever they are, the mutants. Uh, yeah, that was a big deal in Infamous too, because the civilians would be armed so they show up to fights with pistols and rocket launchers and they basically be an entire faction helping you fight against all the other ones yeah and so in this game like you really do see the effects when you like clear out like a dojo or whatever or just an encampment of mongols and you see the people slowly take back their area um it, it you see how you're making changes to the landscape of the environment which is already like beautiful as it is uh any back taking it back (laughs) yes um i mean just a note on scene painting putting that just that standoff option into the game so like if you don't want to just play the game as um as an assassin uh that option to just walk up and, and and challenge them like how did you feel about that it's I do it all the time. <laughs> Whenever I have the option, I'm calling somebody out. You're step. You're stepping out. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. Yeah. So yeah, man, I'm calling out everybody every chance I get. You're coming out. You're showing me what you got, and then I'm cutting down the rest of your homies. I guess the way this game is, I'm playing on hard, and it's it's to the degree where I don't. Normally in games, it's like, I don't want to die. I don't want to have to lose this encounter. My pride, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This game is like, nah, let me get in these encounters because if I die, I learn better how not to die. And then if I win, then I got that ass. So <laughs> every time I'm playing this game, I'm fighting everything. I'm usually just walking right up to them and just challenging them, cut down a couple guys. I upgrade it to where I can, I can chain it to a second guy. Oh, nice. I also got the upgrade where I can deflect the arrows by holding the block, so that's good. Got that one. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, was, I, it was necessary. The archers are assholes. Yeah, I, um, I've been mainly focusing on like that samurai skill tree. Um, was uh, Yeah, I, the one thing I did I, that I upgraded from the thief one was the, um, the ability to get up once you're wounded and knocked down. So yeah, I didn't even know they had that because I would go down and I would see that I could still push the D-pad, but it just wouldn't let me do anything. I was like, there's something here, and I just don't know what I'm doing, or I don't have it unlocked yet. And then I have to watch these guys just just mollywop me and then kill me. <laughs> yeah. And then on – so everything, like, with that – this um, was it standoff or whatever like that having that option and then uh, continuing with this whole idea of like bringing back scene painting having the leaders of the camp so then like you take out all the other dudes and then you got this one badass guy that you're gonna have a fight with like i love that like um especially like have you done like the mongol like one where like you fight like a mongol leader I mean, I've run into about three of them so far. Okay. The guys who are like fully armored up and they're bigger than everybody. 
Yeah, so I I fought them, but then I went to one encampment, and it actually like went through kind of like a little cinematic thing where I and then I faced off against the uh, Mongol leaders. Like I don't know if what was different about this one, but even then, like still, it was like a dope like one on one fight with the leader. And I just like that there is like that one guy in there that's like super badass. So it's like you take out the archers, you take out the the homies, and then you got that one guy, and it's like all right. Let's, let's let's see how this goes. Um, the stances. How how are you? Where are you with the stances? See, I I'm good at the basics of combat, and as long as I have, as long as I go in and I do all right to start, then I'll survive. But insofar as the stances, like they work well when I'm able to switch. However, just in the heat of combat, my fingers aren't working the way that I need them to. So. Yeah, man. I, I haven't really been able to just, like, fight the sword guy. Okay, here comes the shield guy. Switch my stance. Now fight the shield guy. Switch back my stance. Oh, that's so I, stance. <laughs> yeah. I usually end up just sticking with one. And then even when I do have a particular stance, I don't think I'm pressing the buttons fast enough to get the correct combos. Because what I'm doing doesn't match what is going on in the preview when you're looking at the style in the menu. So I have, I have a lot of work and a lot of practice to do. I got to learn how to be focused and be in the moment. I'm letting my mind wander. I'm not, I'm not striking at the moment. So, you know, I read the book of five rings about a month ago. So I got to get all that stuff back in my brain. Yeah. How are you enjoying the, uh, the philosophy within the game? It's like everything about like, it's all about, it's all about the man, not the weapon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hands on the sword your father's soul is in this blade yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah my soul's gonna be in that blade uh it's so good yeah um i can't wait to see how this game opens up too. just uh like uh, still very much in the early onset of the game so i know that there's a lot more coming um are you us- utilizing the uh thief like techniques or are you kind of like have you been you like kunai's or any of those things Every now and then I might throw a kunai just, and that's only if I remember to do it because it's, like I said, I just, I have the basics down, but I can't really get my hands around everything. You know, at the same token, I spent a good amount of time playing Far Cry 5 for the past couple of days. That was on sale on PSN for like nine bucks. And even that was, took some acclimating. However, after about the first, five or ten hours of playing it i eventually got it so i'm hoping the same thing's going to happen here with sushima where i'm switching my stances i'm in there i'm blocking and just going back to the scene painting element of it it's not even so much that you know you block and then hit 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 a guy's dead it's like you block and you you duck and you do a spin the guy's off balance you run up you hit him a couple times then you you just cut through his body and have to kick his body off the sword. He does a turn. He's facing the other enemies. Another guy steps up. They fan out. They're coming at you from two different sides. One guy's throwing the unblockable attacks. Another guy's got the two swords spinning, double swiping. It's it's so cinematic. And then when you when you're on top of your game and you're dodging all that, deflecting, it, parrying, and getting your slices in it's it's phenomenal like if you ever experience any stretch of gameplay where you only press the buttons that are necessary to be pressed 
and have that one seamless string of action, it's the wildest dreams of any samurai fan come true. It's it's stylish. It has flourish. It's smooth. Like there's no frame rate dips. It, it's it's just so artfully executed. All this while knowing that there are more styles you can utilize. There's different combos and moves you can unlock. There's new gadgets you're going to get. You can change your clothing. You can change your weapon. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get more resolve. Like, how do? What do you think about the resolve mechanic, which I didn't bother to look into as much like you all wanted to go in as cold as possible, but they even worked in resolve as a gameplay mechanic. Yeah, I love it. I was about to say, like, that adds to the scene painting in itself because it's like, it's not like you're in the middle of combat. Oh, let me just drink this potion real quick and, like, my health returns. It's, I got angry. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I got some health back. It's like him just going, like, like getting strong, like, makes him stronger uh, in that moment. And so I love that part of it. And it's like, you have to have the resolve in order, in order to be able to do that. And that's basically, that's how the, um, the wounded get up work uh, gets up work if you um you have to have you two, have to will yourself through the pain exactly and so you have to have two uh balls or whatever of resolve in order to be able to get up so you have to keep that in mind it's like you have to keep that little bit of willpower in your back pocket for when things get really bad to then to then uh, harness it and be able to pull yourself back up and get back in the fight. So it's like, it's, it's, it's it makes sense for the battle situation as opposed to the normal gameplay mechanics of I'm going to just patch myself up in the middle of this fight for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to drink this potion. I'm going to wrap this bandage around my forearm, <laughs> even though I got shot in my stomach. <laughs> and this guy's getting ready to slice me up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let, me run, let me run backwards while crouching around a box, wrapping a bandage around my arm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, I, I love the way that they, implemented the resolve into it and i still haven't even gotten like the resolve like i'm sure at least from what they implied is that like resolve can be used for like special techniques so i haven't even gotten to that point of the game where i can utilize it in that way like i'm only just using it to heal and pick myself back up oh Uh, i forgot there's techniques that use resolve i've tried to go after the heavenly strike but there's there's something preventing me from progressing i won't say what it is but let's just say you need to advance the story a little more Mm, okay interesting yeah and i just i heard another mythic tale about like a a legendary set of armor so i'm gonna see if i can pursue that one and hopefully not run into a similar roadblock are you enjoying the um the side aspects of the game like the uh the fox dens and the uh like the 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 springs how they implemented all that i mean that's mostly all of what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) just going around in the world like i'll set a waypoint on a point of interest usually an undiscovered location or like maybe um maybe like a tail Mm -hmm. or or whatever there's the main mission there's the oh there's the main mission there's the tales and then there's the mythic the mythic quest yes (laughs) but yeah so i'll just i'm just doing tales right now and i just i'll pick one i'll start i'll start wandering next thing you know i'll see a fox and i'll follow the fox and then that'll lead to something, and there'll be some Mongols. I take the Mongols down. Then there'll be a point of like a, a undiscovered, yeah. <laughs> there'll be an undiscovered location, or like I'll run into the canary. The canary leads me along two 
to something, but along the way, I'll see other stuff that I started exploring, and then there's more Mongols. It's just, it's a very solid gameplay loop, and there's just so much stuff just at at any stretch of time on the map. Like, I'm just, I'm picking up resources. I'm talking to people and getting information about, about the area and what kind of things I can do. I'm doing main missions. I'm going to the shop and upgrading. I'm looking for bamboo, cutting that down, getting my resolve together, finding the hot springs, getting my health together. <laughs> get, get my naked on. <laughs> get my naked on, looking for, looking for that number one headband. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, like going into this game, like I, you had mentioned it last week, like we both were going in dark and you know, like literally I had that thought, like I was just like, there's only one person's opinion that I care about when it comes to like this game. And that was yours and everything yes, else. Likewise, yours as yeah, well. And everything else I was like, I do not care because literally like if you're not into like samurais and sword fights and shit like shit like that, then don't even bother. Like just, just get away from this game. We don't, we don't you, you can't accurately assess it or like give me an idea of what, what I will or won't enjoy about it. And, it, and if this is a paint by numbers, Ubisoft open world game, then apparently Ubisoft makes incredible open world games because this game is absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It gets better with each passing second. I, like I'm just unlocking basic stuff. I haven't even unlocked like real things yet. I think I just got the smoke bomb. Yes, I got that one too. I got that. I got the kunai chasing boars, <laughs> dodging bears, like watching animals tear into to other enemies, then come in and finishing them off. Mm-hmm. Getting my predator skins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a and it's a game where. Every encounter is welcomed because I just love a good sword fight in this game. And then just after it, being able to just clean off my blade, sheath it. <laughs> Summon my horse, yeah, keep it, it moving. Yeah, I get so the gameplay is just so gratifying in this game. It, it's not like, ah, uh, here comes another fight. It's like, yes, another chance to like hone my, my sword skills because like you do need like that practice. You need to get familiar with like animations and certain like attacks and being able to read the, the strong attacks versus like a basic attack that you can like mm-hmm. parry. So it's like, it's, you need that, you need that bit of experience. And yet, like, I don't feel like it's right. Here's a strong guy. And now he's at a level that's just too high for me. It's no, I just, I need to get better at playing the game. And I feel like they're, they're rolling out the combat and the enemy types at a pace that is perfect for what is needed to get good at this type of game. Well, your boy, a dub did happen to run into some higher level enemies who were pretty apparently different because they had on, like blue cloth with their armor. So I I saw these guys. I was like, Ooh, what are these motherfuckers about? (laughs) Yeah. They must be one of them badasses. (laughs) So like it's, I'm running into into three different things. I usually run into like a small group of, of low level Mongols. Those are the ones that I can handle. Sometimes it gets tough. Other times I'm just waxing that ass moving on. Then I run into large groups of Mongols that sometimes have like a couple of big guys in them. And they get me more times than I get them, but I still give it to them every so often. Then I ran into, I think it was just like two or three of the blue guys. It was an archer. It was a 
it was a dual wielding guy and it was a sword and shield guy. So I'm like, okay, I could take these fools, lure out the two melee guys, block the archer's arrow, run past them, kill the archer. Then it's just, it's just me versus the two sword guy and sword and shield guy. And I was like, okay, I've seen these kinds of enemies before. I know what their attacks are about. So let's do this. Of course, them being higher level enemies, their combos are different. They're throwing more unblock. They're throwing combos of unblockable attacks. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but so, you know, they put me down. And I was like, yeah, it's not time to take on blue enemies. <laughs> yeah. But like it shows like you really do have to study the enemies. Like it's like you, because there are those guys, like when the first time somebody throws a double strong attack at you and you're like, oh, like I thought like I could just parry and then just go ham on him. And like you, you get off one slice and then he's already coming back with a bigger attack and mm-hmm. then you get, you get hit with it. And it's like, there goes your health. And you're like, oh, shit. yep. It's like, all right, well, now I have to I have to be a little more uh, intent. I have to be a little more deliberate with my attacks and really focus on like the combat and not just just getting my not just overwhelming the guy with um, a barrage of attacks. <laughs> yeah, and you can't get greedy either. Like, I, I've been fighting groups and I'm still prone to you know you'll block their combo or you'll get a deflection. I'll go for a couple of hits but it's always on that second hit that I've left myself open to the other person who's now hitting me in the back. And then the whole rhythm is off. And then, you know, I'm blocking a regular attack instead of deflecting. And then I'm trying to deflect an unblockable attack getting hit again. So don't be greedy. If you're fighting in a group, get your deflect, get your quick little hit, then go back to blocking. I got to get better at just, regular blocking because I'm usually going in there with no guard up trying to get a parry instead of being defensive and throwing in the parries where appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so good Uh, at this point, the early, the early stages of the game. Like I look at sucker punch now and it's one of those things, like maybe like how people might feel about gorilla games at this point, but it's like, I, I like infamous, but if, they just focus on this from here on out. I have no problem with more versions of Sushima. Like it might it doesn't have to be Sushima, but it could be other games that are just in this setting and then from a different like story perspective. Um, Again, like Ghost of Nagano, yeah, or just like that game, like like Musashi, where it's like you just start off as like a a lowly like Ronin and work your way up to like a great samurai. I mean, could you imagine if they did this in Japan proper? instead of just on, like, the island of Tsushima. And that's, like, that's the beauty of it, is that there's so many places they could go with this game where it doesn't have to revolve around this Mongol invasion. Take it to the Edo period. Yes, exactly. The Meiji reconstruction. Get get Tom Cruise in there for the last samurai. The Meiji restoration. Get him in there, but just, like, clown his ass. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He immediately gets stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean they could go so many ways with this game. I hope they like I, I want to see more of this. Like we know that the development cycles of uh games have only gotten longer and you can only put out so many, so it's either make a bigger studio so you can do an infamous and uh Ghost of Tsushima or let's just let's do Ghost of Tsushima from here on out. <laughs> like every every couple of years, give me a new a new game in that Tsushima's franchise. Having Ghost of Tsushima in my hands, in my home, in my heart, I know that now they can take a break. 
on Infamous if they want to. Just give me Ghost of Tsushima 2 in a few years. Yeah. It will be good. <laughs> exactly. Give me Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima. <laughs> I mean, how, 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 like, what's the consistency been online as far as like when you talk to other people, how they've been taking it? I know the, the reviews I, have been pretty well overwhelmingly positive every almost everybody's having a good time you know some people still don't want to have a good time and that's perfectly fine we actually have a few of them if you want to hear some of their opinions Uh, they're called the trolls of the week (laughs) trolls of the week trolls of the week (laughs) (laughs) oh man so as you can probably tell today's trolls are coming sideways it goes to sushima and here's what they got to say. First, first show says, I had high hopes for deep stealth mechanics, but unfortunately, stealth in this game is really basic and broken. Enemy AI is bad. I've only had one bad AI situation, which is it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't even enemy AI. It was I went. I had a character who was uh, following me on like on a regular mission and I was supposed to go to this point and I decided to go off the beaten path and I like, I jumped into this like ravine and then uh, <laughs> he like, he got stuck in there for some reason. And then so I just went to, cause he can't swim dude. <laughs> exactly. And then so I went to the waypoint and he was there and everything was fine. And that, there was, it is. That, was, that was my only AI issue in the game. Oh, you mean that part where the game <laughs> <laughs> screwed up and decided to just all right we're just gonna clean this up yeah <laughs> so yeah that just was my act like issue. you didn't see that but i haven't had any real like any real gripes as far as the enemy ai i, I the only issue i had was a pathing issue where i was doing a mission where with ishikawa sensei the the archery teacher and we went into this village and we had to liberate it from the Mongols in order to save the hostages they were holding. The mechanic there was that you have to do it before they're alarmed. Otherwise they'll start killing the hostages. So I get in there, there's like an armored up dude and maybe a couple of archers, an archer or two and a couple of melee guys, take out the melee guys, take out the archers and, I'm going over to try to free the hostages, but it's saying there's still enemies nearby. So I'm looking around. I hear somebody yelling, just like talking shit. Just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and every time he makes a noise, I think that he's going for the hostages. So like, I'll walk away and you know, ah, I'll run back to the hostages. Then I'll walk away ah, and I'll run back. Because last thing I want to happen is to be that dude who, walks away from the hostages, then the enemy just runs up and kills them before I can get back to them. So he's doing that. I look and I see Ishikawa just standing there. So I go over to him. I see the big armored dude standing like a few feet in front of him and they're basically just grunting at each other motionless. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see what's happening here. Uh, got my free hits in, took the guy down, mission went on. No big deal. I, I have been made aware of that there are game save issues. So every time you complete a mission, make sure you save your game because you don't want to lose any progress that way. But other I'm than that, I'm already actually, if anything, I'd say one another added bonus to this game is. So I've been playing a ton of Switch, and the great thing about the Switch is like you just put every, you put the thing in standby, and the fact that you can take it out of the dock, like it's very. Um, 
you you rarely have to like worry about like saving in that way unless like multiple people are using the switch which isn't my case but with this game it does save pretty often and i have like i have multiple save files i'm just that type of person i'm a a save uh was it a a save scummer so um (laughs) yeah i saved often and they have a lot of save points in the game so it's it's perfect for me when it comes to being able to play for like i don't know like 10, 15 minutes, save, shut down the console, unplug it so Theo doesn't go and push the power button and all that shit. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so he they, does that now. So I'll say that for uh, for those for those dads or whatever, um, this game is very uh, dad-friendly as far as saving goes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, saves fast. <laughs> saves often. Saves so fast that sometimes I'm like, do I need to give this a little more time? Because it's That's not what like, I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> there's no like icon to let you know like you're good to go. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I just saved twice. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know if that first one took. Yeah. Oh, real quick. Um, with the, with what you were saying, because I didn't run into those blue guys. I'm now wondering: is that why they throw out that option to be able to study the leaders? Because it's like you can either study them or you kill them, and you get like the whatever it is that point towards the uh, upgrading and towards like the stance. So I wonder if I could get to a point where you see leaders. It's like I know I'm not able to take them right now. So I'm gonna just study him and then come back later. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I haven't I haven't had too many I haven't had much of any study opportunities outside of the missions where they're like, all right, we need to survey the situation. So I don't I'm not aware of how that mechanic works. I know that you kill like your first leader and you get a stance, and then you gotta kill what three more leaders and then you get the next stance or something like that yeah so like i the only time it came up with me was there was uh, a leader and he was he was like just practicing like moves like just like he would back up and then do like three attacks forward and then back up and then do those same three attacks forward and then so it gave me an option to like study him and so i just studied him real quick but then i went and killed him anyways yeah um so yeah like i was like sitting there and i was like oh it's interesting that they have this mechanic in here like i'm pretty much just going in and killing these leaders anyways so yeah like it, it maybe like that is the case is that you'll come across enemies that are too strong, but you can at least then study that leader and then come back later, but you can still walk away with that point towards the stance that you may need down the line to take him out. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So it seems like we're ahead of each other, but in different extremes while being just as far. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think there probably have been leaders that if you had uh, snuck into the base and not tipped everybody off, that you would have been able to at least like uh, study him before. um, Because once you tip them off and they're all after you, you can't study them at that point. But if you can get the drop on him and just and and observe him, then you get that option. Mm. Yeah, everybody dies. Next troll says disappointing, repetitive, and boring gameplay, similar to the Assassin's Creed series. Well, I have not had any boring, uh, repetitive gameplay. I'm sure repetitive in that sense, like I've come across a couple of different foxes. I've fought against a couple of similar enemy types, but what game throws all new enemies at you all the time? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Procedurally generated enemies that behave differently. (laughs) No two enemies are ever alike. Exactly. That'd, That'd be a crazy game. Yeah, and I'm sure people would still find some way to say it was poor and lazy design. Nah, I can see the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> After about the f- fourth enemy, I got it. <laughs> yeah, and then once again, there's that uh, Assassin's Creed comparison, which is 
to say that if uh, Assassin's Creed is doing all these things, then I have definitely been sleeping on the Assassin's Creed franchise. Yeah. If Assassin's Creed was anything like this, then I owe that game a whole lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I owe Ubisoft a gang of money. Yeah. Oh, man. Because, like, it's, it's really a, a situation where the sum is greater. I mean, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Because you could point to any individual aspect of the game and think to yourself, like, oh, okay, you know, I, I've seen this done other places. This has looked better on other games. Like, oh, better writing, this and that. But Ghost of Tsushima is doing everything on such a high minimum level that everything working together just turns it into this one cohesive experience that it's unlike anything else out there like it feels like some of the best games that have ever come out while at the same time feeling completely unique and brand new while also giving us mechanics that you know you think you're used to like man i played the hell out of sekiro and fallen order but at the same token it's very unique to go to Tsushima because it it's it's all in the weight the rhythm the movement like it's the philosophy of it all it it really captures the essence of the way of the samurai it also captures the heat of the moment of the mongol invasion the desperation of the people you're finding survivor camps all over the place you know you're you're seeing displaced people looking for hope gossiping sharing information that you can overhear that's going to give you points of interest or like give you information toward things you can find in the world to try to tip the balance in your favor. It's like everything that's going on in the world of Tsushima is interconnected and meaningful, which is something that not a lot of games really get right. So it's even if you're reading the description of a collectible or even if you're putting on a different outfit, it's it all has some tangible meaning that pays back into the core experience, which is one of the reasons why this game really just stands above so highly. It's it's an outstanding achievement by Sucker Punch, I must say. Yeah, I like even when I look at it and I think about like the possibilities of where this can like branch off into, it's even Japan can take notice and like see the success of Ghost of Tsushima. Like we'll see how it sells. And if it sells well, then they could even be like, Oh, well, if a Western developer made a game that's based on our region, we didn't realize that people are actually interested in this genre. Well, why not why don't we just make our own samurai game and actually like give it its due from our own personal like um, experiences. Mm -hmm. and so like it, if anything, we can then get an even more true to form, maybe samurai depiction from an actual Japanese developer down the line because of the influence of this game moving forward. With an even greater level of authenticity, authenticity and nuance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's Ghost of Tsushima's, doing pretty well in japan i mean it's been received overwhelmingly positive i believe famitsu gave it a 10 out of 10 which is like the third game to receive that i don't know if it's third game this year or third game ever but a famitsu 10 out of 10 is pretty rare yes so that's awesome you know they the kurosawa estate gave its blessing on the kurosawa mode which i haven't tried yet and the more I experience the game, the less likely I am to actually try the Kurosawa mode because honestly, I don't think that I could 
enjoy this game as much without all these vibrant colors that are dancing on the screen at all times. Like I'm going from lush greens over to just tranquil yellows and waterfalls and just dark gray skies to brilliant moonlight, just bouncing light off of everything. It's, it's outstanding. It's sideways rain, it's heavy winds. Can't say enough about the organic navigation elements, such as the animals, but primarily the guiding wind. It's even when you don't use the touchpad to activate the guiding wind to get to to help you, you know, more specifically know exactly where you're going. But it just blows gently in the direction of your objective. So all the time there's just like pollen and leaves and, and grass and trees swaying is the game is constantly in motion. It feels alive. The air feels like it has substance. Whereas other games, it's just empty space with nothing there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just building on that guiding wind idea. It's um, I know a lot of times when people talk about like, uh, they complain because it's like, well, if you take something away, it doesn't necessarily make things better. And mm-hmm. I know like with um, the minimap, it's always like people would always recommend like take off the minimap, have less HUD and yada yada. So you can really like get immersed into the game. But then it's like, well, then I just have to like know where to go, which is a level of, um, I guess, uh, studying that like maybe I'm not willing to put into certain games, but they... graduated from college i ain't going back yeah but instead (laughs) they're like well we'll just take it away and replace it with something that works better and i like that because that's it's beating a bad idea with a better idea as opposed to Mm -hmm. just eliminating an idea um and so the guiding win i feel like is something that i moving forward other games maybe like might take note and try to figure out ways to work in direction without having to rely on a mini map yeah it works beautifully well it's the other than when i opted to play red dead redemption without a mini map this is the only time in a game i've played with like an open world game of this nature and magnitude without a mini map without you know without getting lost because with that guiding wind i know they're like okay i can just stay on these paths if I ride for a while or if I go somewhere, I can always just activate the wind and it'll at least point me in the general direction of where I need to go. I'll eventually find my way there. Along the way, random encounters, animals, herbs, spices, everything you need to have a good time. Next troll says, very bad gameplay and graphics. Wow, you were just eating some shit right there um the yeah. two things the game does best <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean um I'll, I'll say this like when i was looking up um just like different news stories for the pod today like one of the stories that somebody decided to share was like ijin india says ghost of Tsushima is a uh, jittery mess on base ps4 and from personal experience i know you have the pro i'm playing on the ps4 base and it runs perfectly fine i haven't had any <laughs> no frame rate issues it hasn't shut down on me or anything like that the game looks beautiful i'm sure it could look better but i'm i'm uh well i'm ignorance is bliss at the moment right now because the game still looks absolutely beautiful for me right now and no hiccups or anything with the uh, animations Every opinion is valid, AMC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're not having issues doesn't mean they aren't there, AMC. Yeah. They need to score the issues. 
They need to score. Next show says, best part of the game are the graphics. So immediately contradicting the person above you. Best part of the game are the graphics. Everything else, not so good. What a shame. <laughs> I honestly, I played Sekiro, and that gave me high hopes for Fallen Order and Ghost of Tsushima. I played Fallen Order, and that solidified my high hopes for Tsushima, but also cast a little doubt. Like, are they really gonna are they really gonna go three for three on getting close combat sword fighting right for each of their games? Is this possible? Tsushima comes out, I'm blocking, I'm parrying, I'm dodging, I'm cutting dudes down like nobody's business. And I gotta say, this We've gotten the trifecta of sword fighting combat systems in the course of like a little over a year. It's truly outstanding. We went from having no games like this to having three. Now, granted, the Batman games, the Assassin's Creed games, that's like the foundation. That's the general idea. But when you get to the point where it's, you're in control of each swing, each block, each deflection, each counter. Like these games have given us, like Ghost of Tsushima just, just created what is now a pattern of successful combat in this way. So this is tremendous for gaming. Its combat system is outstanding. The gameplay is amazing. You're not, you're not playing a guessing game when you're jumping. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the point where I get the grappling hook like in the trailers and stuff. So we'll see what happens when that goes in. You remember from the original gameplay demo, like you're climbing buildings and using the grappling hook. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there, we have so much more of this game ahead of us. Like there's still more styles to unlock. There's a ton of moves to unlock. Yeah. There's upgrades within the styles. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's utterly ridiculous. I mean, we have myths <laughs> that we get to chase down. You're chasing myths to find the the valid portion of them to find that that mythical technique, that mythical armor, just these items that are going to tilt the balance in your favor, man. It's, Sucker Punch has put so much painstaking, meticulous work into this game, and it just shows beautifully. I can't get enough. Next troll. Horrible game, overrated, slow controls, boring, endless, slow, slow horse riding. The camera angle is horrible. This game is boring as fuck. <laughs> Man, it's funny too because um, the way the map is laid out, I feel like any destination I've tried to get to, one, you can like pretty much fast travel anywhere that you uh, end up like going to. Um, I haven't fast traveled once. Yeah, I haven't just because I'm I slow trying. I'm slow trying everywhere. Yeah, you can one, you can fast travel everywhere you want everywhere you want to go once you've once you've gone to that destination. Two, even when you when you ride your horse or on foot, it's never too far away, like the places that I'm trying to get to. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you can get around that game really quickly. So it's I feel like it's not at all like a slow, like a slow paced game when it comes to like going to different destinations. Like how this guy is trying to say. I mean, it's yet another example of the divide between the different types of gamers that there are out there. And it's, 
as far as Sony first party exclusives goes, it's the difference between people who just want nonstop action and the people who want an experience that puts you in the shoes of the character and gives you just a small slice of that lifestyle, what it is to be that character in their world rather than just that character at a time in their life or a moment in their life when some crazy shit happened. Next troll. Trash, 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 trash. The Last of Us Part 2 wins in every second of it. Because you're in competition. Yes. They're going head-to-head, AMC. <laughs> Only one studio is going to remain owned by Sony. The other studio is going to be burned down by Ken Kutaragi. Yeah. It's like that thing when like one person is playing both sides of the field and raking in all the money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's just a sellout. He has no integrity. He doesn't yeah. stand for anything. <laughs> yeah. I think like that was like the thing like when Fifty Cent and uh, was it Kanye released albums on the same day and like they had like a whole like um, I don't know they had like a whole back and forth of like who's who is gonna sell Who's more. albums gonna do better and then they both ended up selling incredibly well which is like its own version of marketing like even like I believe like they even said like the whole East Coast West Coast like rap beef was like the most lucrative time in the rap industry <laughs> yeah. Because people were buying records to take a a social stand (laughs) on which side of the country they represented. Exactly. And so, like, you look at that stuff and it's like, oh, wait, so Sonny's just, like, killing it on all fronts. And we will have more from uh, that coming with uh, NPD. But, yeah, keep going. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, don't know why we're comparing these two games, especially when they're both first-party offerings from the same company. So, that's kind of silly. And... All that trash. No, homie, you're just describing your own post. Last Troll says, all these games are following the formula that Assassin's Creed created and Batman perfected, which is press X button at Y time and get a pretty animation. It's a quick time event without the cutscene. Well, I hate to break it to you, buddy, but that's how every game works. Every game is based on you pressing a button at the right time to get a pretty animation so you can be successful in combat, progress to the next level, move to the next chapter, beat the boss, complete the story, win the game. I mean, and it's also, it's like, that's the reward. That's the cookie for the perfect parry is a beautiful animation to follow along with it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> so you just mad at games for being uh-huh. games. Yeah. You're mad at Ghost of Tsushima for looking like something Assassin's Creed should have done seven or eight years ago. You're mad at it for having a combat system that works and is appropriate for its content. You know, at some point you're just gonna have to take your head out your ass and understand that certain things just function properly and that's how people are going to make games and right now we've gotten probably one of the best samurai games ever made out of it just because other developers were successful with their mechanics and set a precedent something that other developers could learn and live by and implement their ideas and take them to the next level because yeah let's give assassin's creed and batman their credit for bringing successful mechanics to the industry that other developers can look to and emulate. That's not something to hold against a developer. That's something to applaud because it means that they're still 
improvements we can make, there are still places that we can go. Nobody was talking about Assassin's Creed and Batman before Assassin's Creed and Batman came along, before people were talking about GTA and Call of Duty and how every game was going to be open world. Every game's going to be a first-person shooter. Well, now we got open-world samurai games. Now we got open-world history-driven... We got open-world Viking games. We got open-world superhero games. Like, it's great. We got linear treasure hunting games. We got zombie games. We got sci-fi games. Gonna have a cyberpunk game pretty soon. About to have a, a spa- another spaceship game where you're flying around in 3D space, going to colonies, playing pool, doing all kinds of stuff. Got turn-based tactical post-apocalyptic <laughs> survival games. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, the list goes on, man. It's, we've got every kind of game we could possibly imagine, and all these games are merely a product of the successes of the developers and the properties that came before them. Celebrate. Quit hating. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's this week's edition of Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Uh, troll of the Week. <laughs> of the week week. (laughs) all right let's get into these topics we'll bang them out because i I definitely think we we ran a little long with uh ghost of sushima but the the love is there and it's and it's very sincere so i have no problem with talking ghost of sushima for an hour straight (laughs) yeah we're we're gushing for sushima like the blood of our enemies out of a fresh wound it's Mm -hmm. phenomenal I love uh, finishing off an enemy that's crawling on the ground. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I try not to accidentally sheath my blade when yeah. that happens because when you go up and do it while the blade is sheathed, the blade just appears in its hand. It's a little immersion break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, but before, before we go right into it, I, we do need to acknowledge some of the gripes that have been raised on the internet. And don't get me wrong, I actually sympathize with a lot of these gripes, but the thing is, they don't bother me. Uh, one gripe is that the game cuts to black too often. Have you experienced that yet? I'm sure it has, but I honestly haven't noticed. <laughs> I mean, I have noticed like every time you get mission information or every time you reach a new checkpoint in a mission, it, like, it cuts to black, it changes the camera angle. I feel like the game probably would have been received even greater than it already has if if the transitions between gameplay and the cutscenes was just a smooth operation instead of a hard cut. Yeah, I'm not paying attention to those details. What else you got? Uh, Somebody mentioned that, oh, the wind effect is just too much. The guiding wind is too much. And, like, I could see that. It can be a little, like everything's blown around all the time it's just this it's just this tornado of debris and particles that it's just always when even when i was inside of buildings my cape is still blowing <laughs> oh yeah I haven't, I haven't noticed it but like um it depends i i haven't noticed that but um i mean i'll have like maybe it's because i have like samurai gear on at that point yeah. or something yeah you know it's it's funny it's nothing that's going to make me, it's nothing that's going to take me out of the experience. I mean, I was playing like, was it Skyrim? And I would hold down a button and a path would literally light up for me to like follow. (laughs) And then you'd follow it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I much prefer the wind. Yeah. And then you just kick it up for a second when you can't quite tell where you're going and you keep on moving. Uh, Shut up. Yeah. Get over it. I mean, some people like like, but what, it's okay to like just look at a mini map (laughs) with like a blip on it? Like, oh, there's the guy. 
In medieval times. (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy who's shooting at me. He's that red dot on the mini-map. All right, I'm going to turn around and head right to that direction. Oh, there's his projectile coming at me pretty fast on the mini-map. Yeah. (laughs) Showing its elevation. Yeah. Like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, mercy. Yeah, then uh, another complaint was that, like, there's only, like, you have the slow trot with the horse. You got the you got the quicker trot, and then you have the sprint, but there's not really a speed in between. So I kind of sympathize with that. I would like it if the horse could move a little faster without all out running. I, I I guess I see what you're saying. I just I don't really think about it because either I'm doing a slow like I'm doing like the uh, whatever it is the whatever trot the and slowest then, trot yeah and then it's like if I'm trying to get somewhere I'm I'm going full speed at that point. I mean, I wish it had some art, art uh, some Red Dead Redemption element going on with it where I could put my animal skins on my horse and like have him be moving cargo, get off the horse and lead him by the reins instead of riding him all the time. Oh, but then people would complain that like the game is too slow and or you have all these mechanics. Oh, they I, I can, do. I can, I can ride my horse through the town. <laughs> I can run at full speed through the town. <laughs> I mean, there was already one review where they said the, the open world was sparse. I'm like, dude, every 100 feet I travel, I'm being alerted to the presence of some additional content, whether it be a shrine or an item or a little town, or somebody who needs help, or some Mongols that need to get cut up real quick. Which is funny, too, because I've also heard people complain, like, with uh, Far Cry, that, like, there's just a fight around every corner. Like, I can't, like, you have to stay off the roads, or, like, somebody will always find you, and, like, you'll get into a shootout. <laughs> yeah, so shoot. either, there's, there's either There's either too much to do, or there's not enough to do. I mean, do people not understand that Far Cry deals with situations where the ter- the entire region that you're working within has been overrun by some hostile force that you're trying to push out from the inside. But it's also, it's like, let games do what they do. Like, not every game has to have the same type of open world where there's either constantly random events popping up every second or, like, I just want to be able to, like, ride around and not be bothered by people. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the game is telling its own story. And so it's going to tell its own environment. Like, it's going to set up its own environment um, different from any other developer. So just let them do what they want to do. And if you don't want enemies around every corner, start clearing the map out and playing the game. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go away. But yeah, let's get into the topics of the week. Topic of the week. Um, all right, let's get into this. Uh, so this will be the first one that will bang out. This is uh, coming off of actually the Troll of the Week. So let's stay right in that that pocket of trolling. So this news story coming from Metacritic. Um, We got word that Metacritic will now have a 36-hour delay on user reviews. Yeah, that struck me by surprise. I was looking for a troll of the week (laughs) on release day, just like see if I could pick some fresh ones off the vine. And I saw that it still had a a TVD on the user reviews. I was like, oh, did they finally do some kind of crackdown where they aren't letting people post user reviews the moment a game is out. And sure enough, this news broke. So that came as a surprise to me. So this coming by way of GameStop, Metacritic will now delay user reviews for games for 36 hours after release, the company announced. This comes a few weeks after the release of The Last of Us Part Two, which was review-bombed on Metacritic. To so, hell. 
<laughs> yeah, so this coming from a spokesperson from Metacritic. We recently implemented the 36-hour waiting period for all user reviews in our game section to ensure our gamers have time to play these games before writing their reviews. This new waiting period for user reviews has been rolled out across Metacritic's game section and was based on data-driven research and with the input of critics and industry experts. Mm -hmm. so How dare they know what they're talking about? Yeah, so A-Dub, um, I mean, we've, we've discussed the uh, reaction to The Last of Us Part Two, but how do, you, how do you like this response from Metacritic? I love this response from Metacritic. It's a strong step in the right direction. I think they could definitely take it much further. I think they Just could... Just user reviews altogether. No, keep the user reviews, but put in some means by which to verify them. Like maybe your users have to put in their gamer tag or their PlayStation or their PlayStation network ID so that Metacritic can look at their trophies and see if they've actually pl even played, let alone completed these games before they're authoring user reviews. Like if you have an ID and you have no trophies for this game, what business do you have offering a user review on it? It doesn't make any sense. So this is a good step and it worked out pretty well for Ghost of Tsushima because at the time that user reviews have been available, it's sitting at a 9.2 user score, which is unheard of on Metacritic except for like the smallest niche titles that don't, that don't have enough exposure to the mass market in order to garner the relentless hate of the review bombers. So it's sitting at a 9.2. I think it has 4,000 positive user reviews. It only has about 200 negative user reviews, as opposed to The Last of Us 2, which has about 50 or 60,000 positive reviews and about 40 or 50,000 negative ones. I think it got like half of all that in the course of the first few days that it was on the market, which again, makes absolutely no sense at all. Coming from a dub, Metacritic, you're doing the right thing. And it obviously paid off. I mean, some people are trying to brush this off for Ghost of Tsushima. Like, oh, it didn't, it didn't have many people hating on it anyway. It doesn't have any controversial, you know, issues like The Last of Us 2 had. But then that's just those people telling on themselves because there was nothing terribly wrong with The Last of Us 2. You could say whatever you want about the story, but that's subjective. However, if you're going to justify the amount of review bombs that The Last of Us 2 got because it had controversial issues. And it's like, what are you really playing? Are you playing the game? Or are you playing the politics involved with the game? Yeah, a lot of times those user reviews are more of a reflection of people saying, I don't like the idea of this game, not necessarily the game itself. Yeah. I don't like something this game did that I disagree with, so I have to knock it down a peg. It's like, this game has loot boxes. Uh, I'm giving it a zero review. So, <laughs> this game has microtransactions. Uh, I'm giving it a zero review. So how do you feel about this move? Oh, I think it's a great move. Um, I, I, in general, I like the reaction um, a lot of the outlets have been having towards, like the, I guess, the toxicity or the negativity, which is, for a while... It was accepted. It was almost like, well, these people have um, a reason to be upset, so let them voice their their anger, um, and we'll actually like look into it and discuss these things. And I think it's now gotten to the point where it's so transparent that people are not even 
taking um taking time to actually maybe even experience the game or even like give it its uh give it a fair shake they're coming out with the, they're angry at the announcement of the game and they're holding on to this until the release of it and then they're trying to find ways to affect the um the reaction to the game so that like somebody can't say all the all the reaction has been positive they like they have to let it be known that there has been some negativity behind it but the, the difference is we don't have to look at it as valid we we can look at it as the subjective cry of somebody who's just pissy about a certain aspect of a game that we've now deemed to not really be valid and so i i'm i'm enjoying that they're forcing people to at least give it some time like if you're gonna be angry like how like the i guess the old adage was like if you get angry at somebody wait until the next day to send out the tweet or or to write that letter um before you get yourself fired yeah exactly (laughs) so it's people are waiting for these games to come out so that they can hate it. And now the fact that you literally have to be mindful enough to sit there for 36 hours and then go on and hate on the game means if you really hate it, you really have to hate it to the point that you're going to wait in line to hate it. (laughs) Yes. I find it very incredibly refreshing that all it takes is just a little 36 hour cooling off period to completely boil off all the trolls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't, I can't hate on it for a day and a half. Mm-hmm. I got better shit to do. Yeah. So, yeah, good move by Metacritic. I'm happy that they're doing this 36 hour delay, um, and maybe we'll see um, review bombs at least go down. At least from the Metacritic standpoint, I'm sure Steam will still always have it. Maybe Steam will take note and do something similar. Um, but yeah, at least um, Metacritic is at the forefront of um, being proactive against these review bombers. I mean, we'll see when Cyberpunk comes out. That's the yeah. big test. Yeah. Or maybe maybe the haters would will have adjusted their schedules by then. And like, all right, I got to wait a day and a half so I can hate on Cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Oh, we got June NPD A dub. Oh, do we? Oh yes, let's run through this real quickly. So number one, I mean it's you want to just say what number one is? Do you have a guess <laughs> for June? Mm, shot in the dark, the last of us part two? Yeah, it's gonna be the last <laughs> of us part two. More to come with that. So last of us part two, number one, number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number three, is. Animal Crossing New Horizons. This is a heavy hitters list. Yes, number four, because it's always on the list, Grand Theft Auto Five. You best believe it moving up. Yes, yeah, it's usually at that fifth spot. Moved up this month. Uh, number five, Mortal Kombat 11. Damn, still selling. Uh, six, Red Dead Redemption 2, because we love riding horses. That's right. Seven, showing back up on the list a dub, because you know we love it. Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> uh, that COVID hitting them pretty hard. Apparently, I thought nobody wanted this a dub. Apparently, yeah, until everybody started putting on weight. <laughs> Number all that stay at home all that grubhub catch it up uh-huh uh number eight nba 2k20 all right uh, nine mario kart 8 deluxe 10 minecraft dungeon still selling uh, that's super- good i might have to pick that up yes and we'll run through these uh super smash brothers ultimate at 11 rainbow six siege minecraft playstation 4 edition uh the legend of zelda breath of the wild 
Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, still some 16 Borderlands 3. You know, maybe it's that A dub bump. Yeah. Uh, A dub got back in it. Everybody trying to get online, get their legendaries, uh, uh, get their mayhem mode on, <laughs> get that season pass, <laughs> get, get that true Vault Hunter. Oh man, I, did, I didn't tell you about true Vault Hunter, did I? Now, nah, what's up with that? That's great. It's you know, I'm starting over all the stuff that. I just easily beat the game with is suddenly feeling like basic weapons, uh, anointed weapons drop now. So those are like more powerful versions of the same stuff. So there's, you know, the standard tier of white, green, blue, purple, orange, but then there are anointed versions which have abilities that either trigger as a result of or leading up to your action skill. So that's pretty awesome. And yeah, just, tougher enemies and it's a good time um now i know that i can just jump in and out of borderlands whenever i want to you know got far cry 5 on deck now it goes to sushima and that's where all my attention is focused uh 17 need for speed heat uh, stays on the list especially for a game that people were talking about like oh why is anybody talking about need for speed what happened to that franchise it didn't it come out in 2018 yeah, I don't know when it came out, but it's it's just staying on the list, which is pretty awesome. Uh, 18, Persona, Persona 4 Golden. Hell yeah. Four? Uh, Persona 4 Golden, yeah. Um, 19, SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated. And 20, oh, because uh, people were excited for Ghost of Tsushima, so they needed something similar, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you're going to say like Sekiro or Neo. <laughs> nah. And um, just uh, for the record, Need for Speed came out in November. So still relatively new, still yeah. selling relatively strong. Yeah, but how about Persona 4 Golden shown back up on the list? Persona 5. Four. <laughs> Persona 4 back on the list. We'll actually have more to that. Uh, so here's uh, some numbers. June dollar sales of tracked video game software grew 49% compared to a year ago to $570 million. This is the highest total for a June month since the $598 million reached in 2010. Year-to-date sales total $3 billion, 19% higher when compared to a year ago. So software sales doing incredibly well. June up, I'm imagining, has a lot to do with The Last of Us 2 uh, launching in june uh here's some notes for last of us 2 uh, we knew about how well it sold within the first uh i guess week of launch uh, here's some more notes last of us part two achieved the highest launch month dollar sales of any 2020 release to date the last of us two last of us part two reached the second highest launch month dollar sales for a sony published game in history only marvel spider-man achieved a larger debut in its september 2018 launch month so yeah uh insane launch month for a sony published game and what was kind of awesome is that um we're seeing two in that two within this console cycle that being spider-man and the last of us um and I imagine we already know we're going to see more of Spider-Man. I imagine we might see some more of The Last of Us coming. We better see some damn Spider-Gwen. I'm I'm coming after somebody. Not in like a serious manner. I'm just saying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not threatening anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see. I I just might get a little snippy on the show. That's it. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure, Ring Fit Adventure, ranked as the number seven best-selling game of June after finishing in May, ranked at 835. Uh, new stock entering the market drove the increase. So uh, it, apparently it seems that it sold really well, but it sold so well that people bought it out, and then now new stock has shown back up, and so it jumped back up to number seven. Oh, so it's sold out. That's why it sales left. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And they couldn't keep up with the demand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, as you're saying, I'm assuming a lot of this has to do with COVID and people just went out, bought it up, and then Nintendo's like, shit, we need to get more of these out there. Now, you know what I think it is. What is that, A-Dub? Be, it, it, another effect of the outbreak is that since people are at home, all the gamers whose significant others would normally be out doing stuff while they're gaming or whatever. Now they're stuck at home. So it's like, all right, I have to game, but I also have to do stuff with them. (laughs) (laughs) So they probably got the ring fit so they can like work out, but it's still a video game. Got that girlfriend game. Yes. Um, Got that saving the relationship game. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Persona 4 Golden. Here's a note on that. Persona 4 Golden returned to the bestsellers chart for the month, ranking at number 18 following the launch of the title on Steam. So that's why it's back. It launched on Steam and everybody went out and bought it to the point where it (laughs) debuted at number 18 on the charts. Hell yeah. Definitely want to see the mods for that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Here are the top selling games of the year so far. Number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number two, Animal Crossing New Horizons. So holding on. And number three, The Last of Us Part Two. I imagine as the um the the year continues, Last of Us will definitely end up surpassing Animal Crossing. But uh Animal Crossing still showing up um selling well enough to hold on to that number two slot, which is pretty awesome. Yes, it is. So number three, yeah, Last of Us Part Two, number four. Final Fantasy VII Remake, number five, Grand Theft Auto V, six, NBA 2K20, seven, still holding on, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, eight, still, yes, MLB The Show 23, Resident Evil 3, and number at 10, Madden NFL 20. And we'll do the top five of each individual console. Xbox, number one, Call of Duty, two, Grand Theft Auto, five, three, Mortal Kombat, 11, four, Minecraft Dungeons, five, Rainbow Six Siege, uh, PS4 games, one, The Last of Us Part Two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Grand Theft Auto, five, Mortal Kombat, 11, Minecraft, uh, not Dungeons, just regular Minecraft. Mm. And then uh, the Switch, number one, Animal Crossing, Ring Fit Adventure at number two. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and number five, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And closing out NPD, the Switch was the best-selling console of June. Um, All all right. right. All right, Nintendo. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into the next topic of the week. Topic of the week. Hey, Dale, what you got with uh, that No Man's Sky? No Man's Sky, we recently got got a... I guess briefly announced, immediately leaked, and then immediately after real update, substantial, uh, the desolation update number 2.6. So what this is bringing to the table are derelict freighters. You're going to be able to explore the remains of abandoned freighters that are just drifting in space, but you know, it wouldn't be No Man's Sky 
if they didn't go a step further. So they've got like alien infestations on these ships, of course, because they're just lost and floating in space. The security systems and the drones are active. You're going to have to contend with that and you get increasing rewards as you get further into the ship and eventually obtain the captain's log. So there's different kinds of rewards that you get the further that you get into the freighter. Like it isn't as if it's a, it's not as if like it's a time mission or anything. It's just that apparently it's tough enough to where you're only going to get so far. But sometimes you might beat it. So give it a shot. Uh, the derelicts are found all across space, but travelers seeking salvage opportunities can acquire specific coordinates from a local scrap dealer for the right price. So these freighters also have procedurally generated interiors, which means they're going to be different every time you find one. Uh, there's atmospheric dangers. Uh, as the crews fled, the systems failed, the lights are off, life support and gravity are offline, and the security AI has gone haywire. So got a lot of things to contend with when you're trying to get them treasures. Some freighters have been infested. You're going to have procedural stories where each derelict freighter has a unique story to tell. You get to uncover the hints of each crew member's fate by retrieving the ship's logs. Uh, they've got visual effects that they've been improving, such as with the lighting. There's going to be improved bloom effects. You're going to get improved combat. You're going to get improved lighting. Things are just going to have a softer glow to them. There's better lens flare. I played a little bit of it and checked out the bolt caster, which now definitely has a reasonable amount of kick. Plus the bolts are hitting the target with impact this time around, you know, before this patch came out, it was really just your hand holding, you're holding your hand there and just light is coming out of your gun. Just, <laughs> and you're just standing there. Like it's, it, it doesn't give you much feedback to make you think that what you're seeing happen is really happening. But now that's definitely changed for the better. You want to check that out. Uh, freighters, you're going to be able to customize them now. They showed a screenshot where you're changing the paint. There's inventory upgrades. So you can increase the amount of storage space that you have on your freighters. I don't recall you being able to do that before. That's a big deal. You might want to stick with your baby a little longer instead of looking for the, the next best thing on the streets. You're going to be able to access your inventory on your freighter, including your storage containers this time around. So yeah, man, Sean Murray coming with it. Hello Games giving us more to love about this ever-evolving, ever-expanding game. AMC, are you going to get back into it? I mean, it's always tempting. I got Ghost of Tsushima in my hands, but I know that at some point I can hop on, hop in with A-Dove. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Especially like I, my base. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they've added so much to the game that it would be a, a completely new experience for me to hop in now um, with the, the new No Man's Sky uh, if you will. And uh, we were discussing earlier, like in the pre-show, like I can't imagine because the assumption is that game will eventually go cross-gen once the new consoles come out. So I can't imagine what that game is going to look like and how it's going to feel once it gets on those that next-gen console. Yeah, I thought this announcement was going to be like PS5 support, but maybe they'll announce something like that closer to the launch or afterwards. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. Um, you have anything else before we move on to the next topic? Of the week? Not on this story, so if you want to move on, yeah. 
Okay, um, this one, uh, this is coming from Microsoft, and, you know, we've been getting um, a lot of news lately, especially as we gear up towards the next gen, um, a lot of information about the consoles, but this one actually having to do with um, the services surrounding the consoles, and um, so this is a marriage between xCloud and Game Pass, so this is big, uh, coming by way of The Verge, now we'll just, you know, we'll We'll get it from their own words. Microsoft, Microsoft is planning to launch its game streaming service, currently known as Project xCloud, free to its paying Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers in September. The xCloud service will allow Xbox players to play games on mobile devices or even start a game on their consoles and resume it on their phone or laptop. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate combines Xbox Live Access, Xbox Game Pass subscription, and starting in September, xCloud Games streaming into a single $14.99 monthly subscription. So this coming um, from the interview with Phil Spencer. Over time, we will continue to expand how we introduce streaming as part of the platform and playing games that you own that aren't part of the subscription. For launch, we're putting in we're putting we're putting it into Ultimate for no additional cost. We think it's a good audience for us to start with, and it's an audience that plays a lot of games. So yeah, um, that's all I got from this story. It's uh, interesting. This is a good follow up to a story that we covered uh, a week or two ago. This being uh, people's concerns about the price of games going up and them being seventy dollars and how it's going to be so hard to game in the future and. <laughs> This is um, <laughs> this is just showing another move made by the um, the console makers of how the next generation is going to be actually still very consumer friendly. In that, if you get if you say you get into that Microsoft ecosystem, you pay fifteen bucks a month is what they're saying. You get access to Game Pass, which has an entire library of games, which is going to roll over uh, cross gen. And then on top of that, any Microsoft first-party game exclusive immediately launches on Game Pass day uh, day one. So basically, you're paying fifteen dollars a month to play a, a ton of games within the library and uh, first-party games. So if your main concern is paying seventy dollars, this is now another option that you have to save money uh, going into next generation and. I, I like that they're rolling this all into one service now because it's just getting people into their ecosystem and being able to then take advantage of all the uh, the benefits of their ecosystem. So I, I think it's a good move on Microsoft's standpoint um, as far as like just setting up um, a space for their community to jump in. And I like the idea that he was saying that we figured that the people who are getting Game Pass are – the uh, the hardcore like Xbox gamers. So let's give them this xCloud service on top of it. So they'll be the people who will really utilize it. They're already the people who are kind of banging at the at the door, letting people know about these services. And so if they get xCloud and it does run well, then it'll be another thing that they'll um, that word of mouth will spread as to why people need to come over and maybe even consider getting a, an Xbox Series X. So I think it's a it's a good move on their point. On their part, what do you think? Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, there, there are slight suggestions that maybe they'll just remove the online fee altogether. They've already stopped. They issued news saying that they're going to stop producing Xbox One S's and Xbox One X's. 
So it seems like they're just they're tying out this generation and getting ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. This is an interesting move. They're still offering the three month and one month plans. So maybe they're giving people an option to finish out the generation on their ones before they remove the price. Yeah. Who knows? And it makes what I what makes sense about it is that it's not a service like when you think of um I don't know, like PS Now or whatever. It's definitely very separate. And with Xbox Game Pass, it's something that they're really pushing that they really want people to buy into. And we've seen with the, the launch of Stadia that there, there is a lot of hesitancy with uh, streaming, with uh, streaming gameplay uh, games. And so by making this just part of the service, it's now not a, uh, it's not something that you have to invest in to see if it'll work. It's just something that will just come with uh, your subscription to game pass. So I think it's, it's a way that has a low entry fee, um, for people to then try to utilize it. And as I've said, I've pointed out the utility of playing on the Nintendo switch. And for me, for specifically me and being able to carry my switch upstairs so that I can play it while I'm working and not being bothered by Theo (laughs) and and, and fatherly duties. It's just something that's um, great for me and giving people more options, I think is always better, especially moving forward. And so if streaming is something that people are hesitant about, it's now it's at least coming at a lower barrier to entry to at least try it out. Because I know like when I wanted to play Ghost of Tsushima, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, got to unplug the HDMI, got to unplug the PlayStation, get it out from the entertainment system, carry it upstairs, <laughs> plug it into the TV upstairs, and then I was able to play and it was absolutely amazing. I was playing while I had nothing to do uh, on Friday at work. And so, yeah, just um, having the streaming option for xbox if you do say have a setup upstairs with say your computer or whatever i know they implied that they were going to set up some compatibility with the uh, ps4 controller uh to use for at least the pc uh streaming so yeah it might be just another option for microsoft uh players when it comes to having multiple setups at in their house uh what what story do you have a dub moving from here that's it that's all you got? That's all I got. All right. Well, that's all I got, A-Dub. Do you have any final words before we close out the show? Y'all need to be playing Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I concur. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. This is A-Dub. We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Suckers. Suckers.